Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. You know, that's usually how I start off the show, uh, but sometimes we got to make adjustments. It's been a brutal week for the state of Texas. It's been a cold week. It's been a challenging week, and it's been a devastating week for a lot of people. You know, look, uh, this show is not about the weather. It's about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas as it relates to the courts, the legislature, and the media. But we're not immune to what's happening across our state. And while I'd like to focus a lot on public policy, what's going on at the state legislature for this week's edition, we're almost at 300 consecutive episodes of the Texas Values Report. Quite a milestone for us. But it's hard for us to not talk about what's going on with the weather because it certainly impacts our faith, certainly impacts our family, and to some extent, our freedom. And so I want to just talk about that and acknowledge what's going on and how people are dealing with that during this radio broadcast as we're on Facebook Live. Look, if you're watching us on Facebook, if you've got now access to Internet and power, good for you. God bless you. Share this post because we're going to talk about some information that's important for people to have. Maybe you can have to help us get back on our feet and get everybody into a better position and really to try to keep people safe. The governor had a press conference yesterday. I'm going to share some of that information, but also I'm going to give a little bit of update about what's happening at the Texas Capitol on public policy issues, because that's primarily what we do. And that work is going to continue. It's continued this week, although limited, and it will continue next week. As a matter of fact, a member of our team is in the Texas Capitol. I'm probably one of the furthest distance-wise away uh, but a member of our team, we always try to have someone there when the legislature gavels in, so to speak. And Greg McCarthy is actually in the Capitol. He's in the office of Texas Senator Brian Hughes, and that's who's going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Senator Hughes has distinguished himself quite well in the state legislature. He represents Senate District from the east part of Texas. He also was a Texas House member for, before running for Texas Senate. He is a lawyer who does a tremendous amount of great work and has been an influential voice. And you might remember last year, he was the author of the Save Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Law. I might talk a little bit about that because there's an update on that issue as well. But when it comes to religious liberty, when it comes to pro-life and the values that we care about most, really there's very few people that can say they've done as much as Senator Brian Hughes has done in the Texas legislature. Senator Hughes, and I should say now Chairman of State Affairs Committee in the Senate, Chairman Hughes, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Jonathan, thank you for having me back on. Uh, thanks for what you guys do. Uh, you and I have uh, worked together on a lot of these things, and my goodness, uh, when you transitioned over and I guess began Texas Values as, as a separate entity and, and to see the influence, the positive influence, and see the good policy that affects people and families uh, and, you know, Texas, what Texas does tends to affect the rest of the country. And so we're thankful for you and, and we're glad to be on today. Well, I appreciate that. Look, and, you know, our work together, our friendship goes back many years. As you mentioned, when I was working with Kelly Shackelford, who's on our board at Texas Values, but when I was with First Liberty Institute many years ago, and, and oftentimes, you know, we get so caught up in the work that we don't reflect as much on really kind of shared backgrounds or shared history of war stories, if you will, of things that we've been involved in together. And so it's really great to continue that relationship, that friendship with you and your team and your office, because the work that you're doing is very important. And this is one of those weeks, like many others, where it comes into focus a little bit more. And, you know, the state of Texas has dealt with a lot of crisis over the past year or so, particularly in 2020, as it relates to the coronavirus, right? The legislature was not in session. You meet every two years. 
And so maybe a little bit more time to kind of meet with constituents and be attentive to some of those things. Now here we are with the legislative session starting and about to start really heating up a little bit more. And then we got this severe weather storm that really forced everyone to stop and try to just deal with day to day. And so I know your work has really increased, I'm sure, over this week, I'm sure. So we'd love to hear a little bit about that. And then we'll talk about some of the, the policy issues that we uh, cover quite often or typically. Uh, but I know a lot of your work this week, and I'm sure love, people would love to hear about what you're doing and how you're providing for your constituents this week. Jonathan, thank you for that. Uh, we don't have the words to describe how severe this has been. As you know, uh, many people watching hopefully now have power restored to their homes. Uh, some still don't. And uh, my goodness, they say that Texas has not, has not had temperatures this low for this long in 150 years. Mm. And uh, our main Texas power grid, ERCOT, ERCOT is uh, zoomed into the vernacular of Texans now, but ERCOT, the main Texas power grid, was not prepared. There's no sugarcoating it. And so um, the main focus, what we've been doing this week is trying to divert every resource we have to getting folks back online, get their power turned back on. Of course, we've been coordinating with folks who have generators for who need, need them at nursing homes or facilities like that, and people with four-wheel drives who can go check on their neighbors and firewood and, and water service and so many things like that, working with our partners in local government. I've got to commend the Texas Department of Emergency Management. Nim Kidd is the director there. You know him. And those folks always distinguish themselves, always quietly behind the scenes with the hurricane and now uh, with, with the tornado, with the pandemic. And certainly this week, they've been there. We're thankful for those folks who've been out in this weather trying to get power turned back on. And so our focus has been on meeting needs, uh, finding resources, lining them up with people that need them, giving folks our phone number, our email, responding to people, uh, trying to get them help. This has really been something. And what we got to say, uh, there's some hard questions that we're asking. Uh, as soon as we get people back online, we're going to dig real deep and find out exactly what happened. In my district, for example, most of my district is served by the Southwest Power Pool, a separate grid than the main part of Texas. Now, Tyler and Smith County, my biggest county, is on ERCOT, the main Texas power grid. So in that county, we had 30,000 homes without power for days. Mm. Whereas over in the Southwest Power Pool, we did not have those problems. Same storm, uh, same geography, just these arbitrary lines. So we've got to learn some lessons and learn them quickly and find out, find out what happened with ERCOT. Part of the problem, of course, is our over-reliance on uh, wind energy. We want to be good stewards. Uh, we, we believe that the creation is a gift from God. And as, and as, as Christians, as people of faith, we want, to, we want to steward and protect the planet. We want to be wise in how we do it. You know, sometimes being green is kind of a cool, hip thing to do. But uh, we got to be smart about it. You know, what's been happening over the last five or six years, no one has been building new gas-fired power plants or certainly not coal-fired or nuclear plants. And why is that? Well, in Texas... Uh, the way our system works, providers sell power into the grid and whoever has the lowest price, they get to sell. These wind generators get subsidies from the federal government. So they can bid in to sell power at a loss and then get a subsidy from the feds to make up the difference. So no one's building coal plants or certainly or gas plants or nuclear plants because you can't compete with that. And here we are now, five or six years with no new plants. We get hit by a storm like this and we don't have the capacity we need to deal with it. So they're real. Well, and I want to, I, I want to 
jump in real quick because you mentioned a, a number of important things. We're talking with Senator Brian Hughes. He's state senator from East Texas, also formerly Texas House member. He is the chairman of the State Affairs Committee. There will be a lot of important issues coming through his committee in the Senate this session. I imagine some of the things that we've been talking about this week related to energy, related to accountability, right? You think about what's going on with this entity, ERCOT, where they prepared. The governor did a press conference yesterday. Governor Greg Abbott made it very clear that feels like that they were misled about whether or not they were prepared, whether ERCOT was taking the preparation. And, and people knew that this was coming. There was a forecast. And so I'll let the governor address some of those things. But I want another thing you mentioned, and I want to reference back to, is the Texas Department of Emergency Management. That And they have a website that's up. And, and part of the reason I wanted, wanted to continue with our radio show this week, even though I'm at home, if you see some anxious, or excuse me, hear some anxious uh, voices in my house, there are six kids that, you know, want to get outside and, and sort of get back to normal. So accept uh, my apologies if you hear some of those in the background. But I mean, look, I'm, I'm no different than a lot of people trying to get, you know, some things done and pass along some good information uh, while working from home and navigating some of these issues that all of us are navigating this week. But for some people, it's about finding a place to be warm. And so maybe you're okay. If you're watching on the internet, maybe you're fine. But maybe you know someone that needs to have access somewhere. So the website is www.tdem.texas.gov forward slash warm. We'll put that link in the chat here on Facebook and on our website. But and look, this is another example of the churches and faith-based ministries stepping forward when Texans and our community need them most. A lot of those warming centers, these are places where people can go to make sure that they're warm um, in our communities. The churches are, are a big part of that list. I've already taken a look at it, at it just to see uh, who was listed. No surprise there. I saw a city council member from the Houston, excuse me, from the Austin area, Mackenzie Kelly, who was recently elected. She showed that the temperature in her home was 39 degrees. She's been out of power for three or four days. That's really cold inside of your house. And so uh, we want to make sure people have some of that information just so they can, they uh, or people they know, need a warm place to stay. Because over accumulation of days, boy, that can be quite a bit to endure. That's exactly right. Now, as of late this morning, ERCOT, that main Texas power grid, tells us conditions are back to normal. Now, normal means that they may have rolling brownouts where you're without power for an hour, but then it's back on. But people just being cut off, that's finally over, except for those folks who've been affected by limbs that have taken down lines. So there are still people without power. So you're right, folks still need help. And yes, sir, we've been encouraging folks to check on those neighbors, especially elderly and shut-ins. Someone replied, we're all shut-ins now, but we mean folks who were already in that situation. And so you're sure. exactly right. It's neat to see folks come together. And uh, we're thankful to be in a place uh, where people still do that. Well, and, and Senator Hughes, we're talking with Senator Brian Hughes. He's the chairman of the State Affairs Senate Committee. He's been a Texas Senate member for several years, also served in the Texas House quite well before that, I would say, in our time together and working on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And, and let me ask you this, too, and, and it's my experience that while a lot of these issues are with ERCOT or something locally, I would imagine it's still within your role if people, your constituents and constituents and other Senate and House members want to reach out to their state rep or their state senator. That may be the name they know the best. Uh, maybe someone's not in the Austin, excuse me, the Capitol office. Maybe someone's in the district office or if they want to send an email. It's my understanding our Texas House uh, and Senate members they're ready. Their staff is ready. If they need, uh, if people, constituents want to reach out to them, like yourself, if they need help in these 
uh, trying times to get connected to, to, to get that help soon. Jonathan, that's right. So much of our time has been on, you know, constituent service. Sometimes that means under normal circumstances, folks aren't getting a workers comp check or there's a problem with the road in front of their house. And we work on those things. We serve people this week. It's been focused on getting people power, getting people water, uh, sometimes getting people food. Representative Matt Schaefer, Representative Cole Hefner, and our Smith County Judge Nathaniel Moran and I have been together a whole lot working on generators and heaters and things like that for folks uh, until uh, power could get restored. So you're exactly right. Uh, a lot of people talk about service and they throw the word around maybe when it shouldn't be used, but that's what it's been about this week. It's been about helping people and, of course, uh, politics, the politics don't matter. Uh, that's not important. Yeah. We just want to help people. Well, that's absolutely right. You know, and, and I've been checking on my neighbors. I mean, look, and there's value to some of the views that we have on policy issues or, or politics. But I think that consistent thread that runs through so many of us is, is being willing to serve. And that's why we care about some of the issues. I want to transition a little bit and I want to bring you back. We can talk a little bit more about this because I want to be sensitive to what people are dealing with. And I want to mention that website again for the Texas Department of Emergency Management for those warming centers. There's some great resources out there too if you need food and water. Reach out to your church or talk to people if you're not connected with a church. Find the churches in your area. I'm sure many of them are looking for ways to help. But the website is uh, www.tdem.texas.gov forward slash warming centers. You could probably just do a search and put Texas warming centers in that URL will come up so you can connect, get connected. Governor Abbott was front and center addressing all these issues yesterday. And look, but the legislature is in session. Senator Hughes, Chairman Hughes, as you know, you're there today. You're going to gavel in. Members are not going to be on the floor, as I understand you, and maybe one other, because members are finding hard to travel to the Capitol, which we can understand. But things are going to melt by the end of the day to some extent. And, you know, look, the, the, the overall, the rest of the business of the state needs to get done, the budget. And there's some critical issues. We care about people. We care about life. I know there's a lot of reports out there that you're gonna be filing along with Briscoe Kane, a heartbeat bill, which is really at the heart, okay, to be redundant, uh, particularly and almost intentionally, it is about the lifeblood of us, right? Is there a heartbeat? I mean, that is something that's so simple that people can understand that transcends when people wonder, is there life? Is there a heartbeat? Your bill is a pro-life bill about protecting babies in the womb when there's a detectable heartbeat. Uh, we're now at 12 states, I think, that have passed this law. South Carolina has signed it into law either yesterday or today. And so, you know, look, I know this is going to get a lot of attention. And I just want to talk for a minute or two about it and bring you on next time. But, but I know this is an issue you care about, and I think we're going to hear more about it next week. Jonathan, that's right. The bill uh, probably would have been filed this week, but for everything closed because of the weather. We're excited about the bill. And as you said, that heartbeat is the universal sign of life. Think about the loved one in the hospital and that heart monitor uh, and the sound it makes. Think about your mother's heart and her heartbeat and how precious that was from your earliest memories. And so when that little baby, unborn baby, growing inside her mother's womb, when she has a detectable heartbeat, who can argue that's not a human life worthy of protection? And you and I know protection of innocent human life is the government's primary responsibility. And so uh, we're moving to the place where every life is protected from conception all the way to natural death. The heartbeat bill just makes sense. And so it's well thought out. Many times uh, people in politics or on the left or the right are accused of ignoring science or denying science. 
who can argue with a heartbeat? How much more scientific can you get? And as you say, how much more basic and fundamental? So yes, we're very optimistic that in the Senate and the House, we're going to have a strong heartbeat bill on the governor's desk very soon. Well, look, and we'll be front and center working on that. You know, we uh, worked with your team last year. It's already kind of last year, so to speak, in 2020, when you're preparing for a very important interim charge hearing on this issue. You and I spent some time together at a conference uh, in Florida, yes. as you might imagine. I didn't get on the beach all that much, but there was work being done on the inside. I know you were, too, where we were talking about this issue. A book has been written about this issue. It seems to be a lot of momentum and a lot of momentum on the life issue, too. And I just want to say, I mean, look. When we run into circumstances like we've dealt with this week and we've dealt with with the coronavirus pandemic, I do think it reminds people or they at least have an opportunity to connect with how precious life is, right, regardless of the circumstance. And so sometimes I think that can let people reflect a little bit more on, well, you know, what is what are we doing to our unborn children in the womb? And so, you know, we're hoping to really have a breakthrough where people can start seeing yourself, mine and others, even on the other side. We care about people. We care about life. And, and that's the source of this. But look, I know you're probably getting calls. You got to go to the, the Senate floor and take care of some business pretty soon. And I know next week might pick up a little bit. But, you know, our team is there. Member of our team, Greg, is there in your office. Thanks for uh, for accommodating us to have this interview and, and again, uh, appreciate all the work you're doing and probably will continue to do over the weekend as people continue to try to recover from this severe weather storm that we've dealt with in our state. Jonathan, that's right. I'm suited up today because, as you say, we've got to go out on the Senate floor, who, those of us who can make it into town, and gavel in and uh, because we got to follow the law. That's what we do. Yeah. We won't have a quorum to conduct business, so we'll gavel in. We'll pray for the people of Texas and for all these people who are working, who are serving and then we'll adjourn. And next week, we're sure optimistic we can be back to all cylinders because we do have important work to do. Well, that's right. And there's only 140 days to get it done. I mean, there certainly can be special sessions, but the, the goal is to get it done in that amount of time. And, and I'm confident, as we've done before, the state of Texas will get it done. We'll persevere. We'll make adjustments. We'll do what we need to do to take a, a close look and ask some hard questions so we don't find ourselves in this situation again. And we're thankful that the state is in good hands under your leadership. You're kind. Thanks for all you're doing. We'll continue to work together on these things. And I just want to thank the folks who follow your work and who pray for you and who support and uh, just ask folks to pray for us that we can get to the right place on all these policies that affect so many people. Amen. Well, God bless you. Senator Brian Hughes has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Senator Hughes, we'll let you go. We, we know you got some business and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right, we're going to continue the show. We got about 10 minutes left as Senator Hughes goes on to his official business. You heard me mention the heartbeat bill. Governor Abbott talked about the pro-life issues a couple of weeks ago about it being a priority to get protection of life to his desk. I think he used the word eradicated. He wanted abortion eradicated in our state. When you think about close to 50,000 abortions still being performed in the state. And look, I'm not trying to make light of what people are going through this week. Uh, about making that connection about how precious life is. I do think it's possible, though, when you come touch face-to-face uh, -face with people, do they have a detectable heartbeat? Are they breathing, right? I mean, these are universal signs of whether or not there's life. And so I don't think it's any different when, the, when you detect a heartbeat in a womb. And you know, almost got a little emotional there when Senator Hughes was talking about that, right? When you think about your mother's heartbeat, when you think about the mother 
when she's pregnant, when you go to that visit with the doctor to find out whether the baby's heartbeat is beating, whether there's a sign of life, whether the mother uh, is pregnant. I mean, these are, you know, really important kind of periods and things that mean a lot to us. And, and so why any different when we deal with these issues? And so all the things that are going on this week, I mean, I've heard some tragic stories, people just trying to keep themselves warm that have had their cars running, you know, in their garage, right? Just to stay warm and forgetting, if you will, or maybe not realizing how you can get carbon monoxide poisoning from doing that. And then, you know, you're there just trying to stay warm and, and unintentionally you end up ending your life in a different way or you succumb to that. And so, you know, the, the ability to stay alive, to have your own heartbeat beating is something that, you know, people have been dealing with this week. And so, but look, I'm not trying to use this for those perspectives, but I can't help be reminded of that, right? But I want you to know we're going to be praying for you. And I mentioned about the, the relevance of the churches because the churches do step up and it is a reminder. And I don't think there's anything wrong with reminding people why it's important for us to protect the freedom of those churches to stay open. Because when there is crisis, and there has been crisis over the past year with the coronavirus pandemic, including now this week with this severe weather storms, the churches are the first to step up. Oftentimes, they've got many of them buildings that people can use that are not people are in, you know, uh, 24 seven and available. And so if you go to that emergency management website, tdem.texas.gov forward slash warm, you'll see a lot of the warming centers, so to speak, that are listed are churches, right? And so, and that is what they do. People, you know, while it certainly is focused on the word of God and worshiping and teaching about that, it also is about service. It is about helping your fellow man. That's what Jesus talks about in the Bible. I mean, th this is what we hear is, is one of the greatest things that you could do, right, is to lay down your life for, for your friend or for your brother. And, and that is the essence of service, right? That's putting yourself before others. And I've thought a lot about it this week, too, because my power was, was on and off. There was some couple of moments and, and hours that were a little bit tougher than others. But for the most part, we've been okay. I mean, we've been very uh, fortunate or grateful for that. And so I've been you know, turning the corner to thinking, well, how can we help people? How can we get information to people that need help that are still struggling um, that, you know, really may haven't seen the worst of it. I saw a church that we work with a lot of times, Great Hills Baptist posted on their website, a whole bunch of water flooding their building, St. Albert, the great uh, Catholic church that we interact with from time to time. They've had some water damage, but they're trying to stay open. There was a Catholic men's conference we were going to be uh, a part of tomorrow that's been canceled, right? Because people just can't get there, okay? Many of the, the organizers of the event. And so, uh, and members of our team still don't have water uh, and, and the plumbing working at their homes and dealing with, with several challenges and our family members as well. And so, but the more freedom that we have to be able to help each other, and some of the stuff that the federal government, excuse me, the state government is doing is really asking for permission from the federal government to cut some red tape, to cut some government regulation so they can speed things up. And so we're hoping that that gets handled and people can put aside their political differences, uh, whether it's the Biden administration or Governor Abbott or whatever you think about local elected officials and try to meet people's needs. And so. Uh, and these are the times when, you know, maybe it counts a little bit more. People are in crisis. They're a little bit more desperate. And I just want to be encouragement to you. I mean, if you need some of that time in prayer, just to give yourself a little bit of grace, right, and to not give up this week if you've been struggling and uh, with what's going on. And sometimes these things can multiply, right? The coronavirus, the economy, 
a change in administration, whatever you may think about some of those things. And now you got this, this major, these major weather events. And so, uh, you know, just go easy on yourself a little bit more. And if you need to take that time to pray, absolutely do that. You know, take a few moments to just do that, to have a little bit of quiet time. And, you know, look, I want to remind y'all, our work's going to continue. It continues next week. That's why we've had a member of our team at the Capitol on Tuesday and Friday when the legislature is in session, when they gavel in, we're always going to have a member there or do our best to. And, and if it would have been uh, a serious safety concern, we, we would probably told Greg to stay home. But he's a young, ambitious man and is closest to the Capitol of all our members, very close distance wise. So he was able to make it up there and share some information because we know there is a limited amount of days in the state legislature. And so the ability to get religious liberty and pro-life measures passed for many of the issues that we're talking about. So churches can do what they do best. So the pr preservation and the sacredness of life can be universal. That's a big part of what we're doing. An opportunity to do that is on March 17th. I know if you're kind of pulling yourself out of the ice a little bit and you're thinking about what's the rest of my calendar look like, March 17th is the Faith and Family Day. Love for you to make plans to do that. Come to the Capitol, work with us on those issues. We're going to spend the day together. We're going to train you about how these policies work, how the government, uh, the state legislative session works. Then we're going to walk with you up to the Capitol. We're not going to leave you alone. We'll let you know how these things go. And there may be an important hearing that day. There may be a committee hearing on one of the pieces of legislation that we're working on. A lot of great pro-life stuff, not just the um, not just the pro-life issue and the heartbeat bill. And so, and, and one last thing I want to mention, we filed a brief at the end of last week on the safe Chick-fil-A religious freedom law. I didn't have time to get to that with Senator Hughes. He's the author of that bill. Grab Governor Greg Abbott also filed a brief supporting that law being upheld, holding the city of San Antonio accountable for banning Chick-fil-A from having an airport uh, location, restaurant location because of their Christian beliefs and giving to charitable ministries like the Salvation Army, who I'm sure are working hard this week. And so stay up to date on those uh, things that we're doing at txvalues.org, and you'll learn more about the issues and the work we're doing on faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.